Welcome to Let's Vibe. On this podcast, we are documenting and celebrating our passion for raves, festivals, and electronic dance music. You will hear interviews and stories from members of the EDM community, giving you an inside perspective on the rave experience. We're talking about the power of music and how it connects us all, bringing people from all walks of life together. Additional information can be found on our website at letsvibemusic.com. I'm your host, Danny Era, and let's get this party started. First off, Andreas, Andreas, tell mm-hmm. me how you would like me to refer to you. Either way, <laughs> uh, take on social media, I went with Andreas because I think it's a fun name and the funny story is I never really could say my name correctly. I moved to the United States when I was three from Venezuela and my mom was British. So I spoke Spanish. My mom, my name is Andres and I could never say that when I was younger. So I was just like Andreas, like in like preschool and going, going, going through middle school. And I'm like, it just sounds better. And um, so, yeah, so that Andreas is how I pronounce my real name. But then on social media, Andreas is super fun. So Whatever, it sounds the same, so I won't even notice the difference. <laughs> Perfect. So yeah. I came across your TikTok, and that's how we kind of connected. And it was, yeah. I thought it was EDC, the first one. But I went back and saw that I had commented and watched one of your videos when you were addressing people who were copying or mimicking people's dancing at festivals oh yeah that's the first time I found you and I was like oh Oh. my gosh your energy and just how you like shared that message with respect and positivity without dragging somebody and just teaching you know it was so lovely so I've been following you since I saw that and then I saw that your post about your 20th year going to EDC is that right 20 years yeah yes 21st this will be my 21st year in a row um, super proud of that. I started when I was 16. Um, I started raving when I was 14 in Los Angeles. And um, I'll explain why a little bit later if you want to know. Um, but yeah, and I never stopped. I'm West Coast raver. And then it, when it moved to Vegas, I'm like, okay, you got to pack my bags. And it was rough in the beginning, especially because Ubers didn't exist back then. They weren't very well organized. People were walking from the speedway to the freeway trying to catch a ride. Fucked, you know, just like trying to figure it out. But yeah, so this will be my 21st year. And then um thanks for mentioning that how I think it's cool how you found that other video. Um nowadays I, I try to keep it as positive as possible and, and don't really but I thought it was important because um somebody had mentioned the comments most people, 95% were super supportive. But someone thought that I was trying to like benefit from that. I'm like, no, I'm not. Like, I'm trying to protect the community because when we are at festivals or raves, at you we don't know it could there's a spectrum. It could be someone who's extremely outgoing and confident and likes to be center of attention. And then there could be somebody completely in their shell and might have some sort of um, things that could be um, XYZ that can cause them to be introverted or shy, but they, they got through their nerves and they're, they're there and now they're feeling confident. And so to touch base on that video, when I saw somebody going to ultra and making a trend of copying dance, dude, I don't, I don't think they meant, any, I don't, I know she didn't mean anything by it or that person, they didn't mean anything by it. Um, but I don't think they realize the, the psychological effect it could have on somebody who is not as confident as a person who made that video and is on TikTok showing that looking really pretty. She looks so pretty, but you know, she wasn't, I think the, the action needed to be called out because what, what concerned me, I'm just gonna move forward, what concerned me was is seeing somebody in that, in that comment of that video say, well, this should be a trend. And I'm like, no, this is the last thing you should do. Um, and I think Ultra, um, you know, is more, it's just, it's, it's very music based, it's, especially because of like um, the whole week leading up to Ultra is historic, you know, and so the, the rave culture isn't like as like candy kid friendly. So 
I would say that I'm not surprised that like it's more like a, you know, just um, maybe opera one mentality or attitude to certain people there compared to like say EDC or something. So yeah, I'm I'm really glad that you saw that video and it got a lot of attention. Even Shaq, DJ Diesel made a comment and he was like, yeah, like I don't support this. And ultimately, you know, not to go into it too long, but I want to protect each other as best as possible. Even Ultra, EDC, all of those, like it takes a lot of energy to get there. So um, sometimes we're, we're a little bit more easily triggered. And I think that our central nervous system is completely like haywired in good ways and also can also be, you know, weird ways. And I think beyond that video, just looking out for the bigger picture and the vibe and the energy, being a good neighbor, um, it, you can have a really good EDC by being a really good neighbor and a really good attitude, or you can go to the same party and just, and not have a good time, you know? And so I'm trying to help everybody have a good time. With your handbook, I want to talk about that. Do your guidelines kind of touch on the helping people and the understanding and like the protection of, and your, your mindset and your attitude, does it go into those kind of things? Or is it more like your essential, like camping packing list? love that you mentioned that. I am so proud of this EDC unofficial survival guide. I just have to say that for legal reasons because I'm not in any way associated with Insomniac or EDC, but I hope one day that they were to hire me. I go over every nitty gritty thing, including rave etiquette. There are 38, I think 32 pages. I would say if you were to chop it down, maybe 28 pages after some other wording and stuff. So the guide was designed to, it all kind of came to me, by the way. I was like, I was just going to do a quick one and just kind of post a screenshot and do a, a, a TikTok. And I'm like, whoa, there's so much more that I could do with this. They can go in there, add their medications. They can go in there and it's all private. You just make a copy of it on Google Docs, I wanted to help people prepare, get your outfits on now so you need to order something new, get your medications refilled, make sure that you're on the same page with your group. And then when you get to your hotel, how to like check in a little early or get to the party a little early, make it to the ceremony. And then when you, when you leave the hotel or you leave your campsite, I did everything but RV, but when you leave your campsite or leave your hotel, here's the checklist of what you're gonna need. Finally, you make it to the venue, it's day one, Friday, and I give best practices. I thought it would be really important to talk about etiquette. There was another video circulating TikTok. Somebody went to Beyond Wonderland, and she's also really fun and pretty, and I actually would love to meet her one day. She made a video about a group having a cuddle puddle or having a break in the middle of the dance floor. I had commented heavily in that video because I am a firm believer that it's okay to take a break if you need to, because again, you don't know if the person that is sitting, maybe not an entire group, but you can't make assumptions. You never want to make assumptions. You want to always give the person, the people the benefit of the doubt and help them out because you never know. So my mentality is they could be sick. They could have lost their phone. They could, there's so many reasons why somebody might need to take a break. Back in the day, this was like, there's, people on the ground it's okay you just you know what i mean like we don't i didn't think about like is this an issue is this not an issue they're just sitting down in the middle of the the massive it's, it's organized chaos so some people are like well i don't want to be walking and trip over somebody and i get that but here's the thing i have boxes of flyers you know back in the day when we didn't have iphones and stuff we would print our photos and you're going to see me on the floor in the middle of the Orion in downtown Los Angeles. Hopefully, maybe you were there one day in downtown LA. But think about it like this. If you're walking through a dense crowd. This is a pro tip for anybody who's watching this, and you'll probably agree. Imagine you're on EDC, you're at Beyond, you're at a place where it's just a dense crowd, heavy dance floor, favorite DJ, everyone's excited. You're trying to get through the crowd, or you're trying to find your spot, you're trying to find your friends. At these festivals, other than Burning Man, everybody litters. I don't, but people drop their water bottles on the floor. There's random sweatshirts. There's debris. Let's just call it debris. So knowing that when you're walking through these crowds, you don't want to be stomping. This is something I included in my survival guide. You don't want to be stomping quickly. You need to kind of shuffle through slowly, respectively, give people every, every single person you're walking by, smile, maybe fan them off because you don't want to step on a water bottle and trip. You want to be aware of what's on the floor, actually. I truly believe it's part of Plur. I have goosebumps talking about this because somebody made a stitch 
to that video saying, well, I, when I'm walking, I'm not expecting to step on people. I respect you. I love you. But I'm going to tell you, whoever made that and whoever thinks that way, it's the opposite. You should expect to step on debris, matter out of place. It could be anything. That, those water bottles honestly could cause you to roll your ankle. Those people are, you know, maybe they're, they're not being smart, but you don't want to cause anything. You want to make it a positive environment because say, for example, you're at a rave and you can be in one area and five feet away, it can be total chaos. And so you want to be in the good areas that you feel comfortable in, you know? So, so my advice is if you don't like people on the floor and stuff and you don't feel safe around them, I wouldn't make a big deal about it. I would just go to, there's, there's a half a mile of other places or other areas where we can go and allow them to be themselves. I have a good friend who I'd met through my group who is a, a, a raver and he's autistic. And he talks about how he might be presenting differently than what someone might think is normal dancing or cool or, or he has to sit down and like all of these things. It's like, if we just maybe consider other people's perspective, right? Like not everybody is us. Not everyone has the same emotions, reactions, feelings. So if someone needs to sit down for whatever reason, it's not our business really. There's a ground. It's okay. Like, I love that you talk about just being aware of what is on the ground. Like I wear combat boots because I don't want my feet stepped on. I don't want to step in water. I don't want to step in puke or twist my ankle because that's going to ruin my time. And I spent a lot of money and effort to go do this thing. For the survival guide to help people stay on track if they're different forms of learning. I tried my best to help accommodate to anybody. Like I'm doing my best. I'm putting ADA in there for anyone who happens to need ADA accommodations to remind them, hey, this is a good time to contact Insomniac to see what they can do for you. Week one, make sure your ADA accommodations are confirmed. Figure out what your amenities are. Get familiar with this and that. I also talk about how ground control med tent. Utilize them. They're there to protect you. Goosebumps talking about it. Just all the amazing things about I, what I love about Insomniac is that I think they're ever growing and changing. They have a gay bar now at EDC. Like downtown EDC is what? a little freaking gay bar. I have with... full body chills. Yeah, me too. Not everyone gets Goosebumps talking about memories or songs. And I'm like, oh. what? So downtown EDC, I thought was like, what the hell are they, what are they doing? Like, this is so weird. And then I went to it last year. They have like six bars in downtown EDC. There's one called the mini bar where you, it's literally, everything is miniature size and you go through this mini door and it's like so cool. And then they have like a disco bar and then they have the freaking gay bar with the drag shows and freaking go-go dancers and straight up thongs. Like insomnia, never, ever, like it starting off, the gay thing was always accepted, but never like fully commercialized. I was actually on the ADC movie that was filmed for back in 2000 and whatever. And I, I feel as though my character might have been, oh, well, let's see a guy. We'll talk about that later. But going back to the, the gay bars at ADC, or so they have a gay bar and they have um, dra RuPaul Drag Race Queens. Coco Montrese was there. Uh -huh. um, literally performing and then i actually met or worked with her because i worked with rupaul's drag race uh, queens in los angeles when i used to do marketing and branding and i'm like coco you know what are you doing here and she's gonna be there like they're there they have this whole drag thing going on she's been doing it i'm like yeah let's talk about edc all the time <laughs> i love it um so what i want to talk about is how it was with insomniac when you started yeah. And then how it is now. So we know in 2010 was the last year in Los Angeles and mm -hmm. things happened and changes were made and they ended in Las Vegas and they implemented things like you now have to be 18 years old to go to a rave instead of 16. You now yeah. have free water access. So they have made significant changes as their growing pains have happened. Yeah. But I think their production and experiences are unmatched and they always yeah. have. What's yeah, your experience absolutely. and what do you see that's changed the most from it's uh, 2007, right? Was your mm. year? 2000, actually four. 
2004, that which photo that you saw, I was really bad on the math. I think I was, that photo was actually taken earlier. I had to make a correction. But yeah, I think my first was 2004 or three, because if this is my 21st year, then I was 16. So I'm really Just bad math. at math. Yeah, yeah. it's been, and it's, yeah. then it's been a while. Let's talk about their growth. So Insomniac's growth. Um, I, I saw that they're just celebrating their 30th year and I'm like wow I've been with you guys for two thirds <laughs> that's kind of fucking cool um I remember in high school I was um used to go on, like message boards and stuff and I, I remember messaging there like I think I texted or, or emailed somebody and they they like sent me flyers to my house to like promote I didn't get anything free for it um this was back in the day with like juju beats um Together as one. So back in the day, though, it was 15,000 people because everything's based off of permits and the city. And Los Angeles is not easy to work with. That's why they, Vegas is, they got the key to the city when they moved to Las Vegas. I remember seeing that shit. Uh, like, they got, I got EDC and Pascal got the fucking key to the city. Like, bitch, LA is like, and they're on the news. Like, Vegas, they're like, happy EDC on the freaking local news. Um, Get yourself hydrated. Here's a little sneak peek of what to expect. Be prepared for the traffic. I was like, another goosebumps. I was like, this fucking is sick. Like, Vegas was the place for a scale of party like this to to go to. Backtracking to, you know, when it first started, I I miss the days, uh, the Candy Kid days, you know, when you go to the Nas Event Center and they had, and you can easily ride a ride no matter what time of day it was. You go into the citrus, I think it was called the citrus arena, which is basically, there's the lake when you walk in and then there's the first venue, um, first little arena. And now there's a small stage. It's called citrus. I think that used to be the main stage with like A to B and like, you just, you walk in there and it would smell like big, big paper rub, like to the max light shows everywhere. They don't allow light shows anymore. So what's what I've noticed is that's fine. That's okay, because you know, people sneak it in anyway. But um, they have to have rules because of the freaking venues. And they know, it's like some of these rules, they don't make up. You know, they have to work with the cities and, and you know, and the venues. But I will say that over the years, as I've kept going, I felt, I couldn't believe something that you was more underground. And it was kind of 15,000 people was still underground because it was in San Bernardino. You'd have to drive, you know, far. Um, most people were like, Brave, scared, judgmental. Like you said, there was that um, stigma. Uh, you go to, and it's like, no, I'm not there to only party. I'm an or at all. Maybe I'm literally there just to make friends or to feel comfortable because I was a gay boy that came out, um, was a OG, I was a raver, Candy Kid raver in high school. I had, I'd always wear my beads all the time and stuff, just a couple, you know, all the time. And um, my big raver pants that I would get from, from Hot Topic and stuff. And, you know, I would go to these things to raves or to festivals to feel accepted, to be like myself and not have to be judged. And so um, I would look forward to that. So that's why I go mainly. Um, now, obviously, it's a lot more accepted and there's gay pride flags everywhere. And I literally cried when I first saw it. I'm like, that's so accepted now. And then you got the gay bar. To see the number one reason why I go to EDC year over year is to see the technology um, advance because they're going to be the first to introduce I remember when I never knew what 3D mapping was. Like, they're going to be first introduced the best technology. Drone shows, you know, were never really a thing. They kind of made it a thing. Like, you know, those cool drone shows in the sky. Now that's like two years old. This year is probably going to be like some like, who knows, the fireworks might do some freaking. You never know what the new technology is. They're not going to tell you in the social media, oh, we're announcing this three, four, you know, 3XK light that's going to do this, this and that, and it's going to blow your mind. No, they're going to just blow your mind and get there. I will say that I went to the Coliseum, sick. VIP back then used to include all you can drink. It doesn't include that anymore. Um, but I will say that um, when it moved to Vegas, I would say like growing pains, like what you mentioned, but now they, it's extremely organized and they have more money than ever. Um, they don't cut corners. And I don't know, I, I just think it's, it's worth going even just for like one day. I remember the first year it was in Vegas. 
I was there. So 2011 and they had the shuttle passes from the strip. There wasn't camping there. You know, there was, oh, yeah. it was so wild and unorganized getting those shuttles, getting your wristbands, waiting in the parking garage, but it was so fucking fun. I have full body chills once again, but like <laughs> we sang on the whole bus and like the traffic wasn't as nearly as horrific as I've heard it is now or the past year. And Camp, I'm sure, has helped with so yes. much of that. Do you camp? Are you camper? Do you stay out? Are you stay at home? Yeah, I don't. I would camp, but I stay at home because I, you know, why wouldn't you? I, yeah, I've got my pool. I've got my dogs. So I can't. I've also got my dogs, like you, by the way. So it's like I that would make it more difficult, you know. So I love to come home and you know, be with them. But obviously I will say that like getting to EDC is like so anticlimactic. Even if you have a premier shuttle, even if you go early, still gotta take an hour and a half, two hours to get there. Um the location has always been very trying. And and um and I think that especially like when you like we mentioned the ACBK chaos, like I don't think it ever, the shuttles never were really good until maybe three or four years ago. They were shit before. They were scary before. Like, you're like, am I going to make it? And like, and if so, when am I going to, am I going to get there at one? When I come back, you come home at like 10 a.m. Like, yeah, it was pretty scary. Yes. And like, I remember the energy of like the bus on the way there. We're all like, yeah, like singing. And then like the sun's coming up and people are like, so tired and just like, what is happening? Are we going to make it back? Like the ride back was miserable, but we made it. Here we are. Um, do you shuttle the best now? Time ever. I know looking back, it's like just seeing how far it's it's gone, you know, and you've been doing this longer than I have. And it's just like, so much has changed, but like, I think passing along our core values of what has got us this far is like what's important and like what I try to do. And it sounds like what you're definitely doing with your socials and with the, the guidebook and, and everything. Um, but it's definitely been growing pains and new people and new yeah. things and influencers and all of the stuff that everyone likes to talk about. But um, I don't know where I was going with that. We've come a long way. Um, I wanted to ask if you guys, are you shuttling to EDC from oh, yes. your home or how, how are you getting there? What's your plan? I will say that I wish I was camping. I'll try to camp. Even if I'm living in Vegas, I think it would be ideal to just like wake up and go to Vegas, go to, you know, EDC and do the whole camping thing. But as terms of what I'm, what am I doing? What do I normally do? So since I'm married and, um, you know, and I've got I'm like domesticated, 36 year old, but still want to rage my face off. Um, typically, do is take my take an Uber to the shuttle Premier Shuttle. Um, for me, I'm traumatized with the regular shuttles. I haven't done them since shuttles got good or better. Um, so I make it a point to get a Premier Shuttle or something like that. Um, I even. Even still, two years ago, when it was in October, I made the mistake of going on this party bus. Someone was like, oh, let's go on this party bus. And um, it left at 6 p.m. And it was like 20 people. And we didn't get to the venue until like 9.30, 10. And I was like, get me off this bus. And I came back on a Uber. I paid somebody because um, my Uber was taking forever. And I literally was like, I saw this couple. And I was like, I will literally pay you $100 to let me go in your car. Because it was the same price anyway to go by myself. So I've done, I've hitchhiked back when my friends lost their car. I've, 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 I've been through the works. I, my friends lost their car and I'm like, girl, well, you're not going to find your car. They're like, no, it's over here. I'm like, we're walking 20 more minutes. I'm like, mm -hmm. you're not going to find your car, honey. And they probably shouldn't have been driving anyway. I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to, I'm just going to um, hitchhike back, you know? And then, um, I was like, I've done this before. I'm like, I'm just going to get, and somebody wants 40 bucks right now. I know they do. And I've gotten some sketchy cars doing that. I don't recommend it. But you know, when push comes to shove, you got to figure it out. So to answer your question, I'm taking the shuttle. 
Premier Shuttle, yes. So that I like that you brought that up because a lot of first timers, I interview some new ravers. I interviewed somebody who was going to be on Wonderland for their first rave ever. They just turned 18. Their mom was a raver in LA and like this whole like history. So cool, right? But what people don't know because they haven't experienced it yet is the shit like that. You're going to lose your keys. You're going to lose your phone. You're going to lose your car. You're going to lose your friends. It is a fucking mission. And it's not easy. You don't just pop up and you're taking your cute Instagram pictures and your outfit. This is hard work. Maybe I'm being dramatic, but like, it's a fucking mission. You're not. Parking, walking, finding things. It's so many people, so much going on. And that's one thing that we do talk about when we do the Ask Me Anything. Checklist, but not like your essentials. Where's the med tech? Where's the exit? Where's the parking? Where's the shuttle? Write someone's phone number on your arm in case you get arrested. That's what we talk about on my group level because we've learned this from experience, right? I know you said you're married. I don't know if that was before or after Vegas, but um, when did you end up in Vegas? I moved here seven years ago. Okay. I thought you maybe followed EDC. No. I, you know, it, <laughs> That's it's hilarious. That's why I'm like EDC is literally a part of me. You would have thought I'd followed EDC, but no, it just it was just easier. And then I actually couldn't afford to go the first year I moved out here, and so I I I found out that you can work for them and get a ticket. And I'm like, okay, but I don't want to work past midnight. And they're like, good luck. Like, no, that's not going to happen. Like, you have to work till like three or four a.m. Um, and I think it was for like the ticket as like to do the, to check wristbands when people were coming in greet you know greets so they're called greeters i'm like that sounds so fun i'm like but i'm gonna want to go in the party and so um i kept emailing them i'm like look like i can offer this i can do this i can do that like trying to be resourceful but like saying like but i can't be at, like you know clocking out like at like one two three a.m and so they like they somehow got me on the uh, box office slash shuttles and I ended up managing the shuttles and seeing the shit show of the shuttles 2017 and I helped as many people out as possible at the MGM um and yeah so I couldn't afford got my wristband and then went and then oh and I got to go on the shuttle um like I think at like 11 11 30 and got to EDC by like midnight or like 12 30 because the traffic died down so yeah, so when I moved out here, I'm like, this is dope. Like I get to go, you know, my home is not that far away. I'm like, this is like amazing. And after that, I'm like, I have an upper hand here. So maybe I can upgrade myself to VIP because I couldn't afford that before. <laughs> I'm like, but I live here now. I don't have to pay for a hotel and travel. Like girl, treat yourself. The first year that I, 2016, wait, it's 2016, 2017. And I remember EDC sold a pride flag. It's, I have it. It's, it's, it's a gay pride flag and it has EDC logo in the middle of it. And I've never seen that before. And so um, I was, I, tur I turned to my, I think he was my fiance by the point, no, boyfriend. We got, we got engaged real quick. We've been together seven years since. But um, I turned and I'm like, oh my God, like I've never seen Insomniac actually sell merchandise or openly promote LGBTQ, gay, whatever you want to call it, because people used to be afraid that that would hurt brands or they would lose money for associating themselves with that, or like they didn't want to be associated with that for like that, you know, they want to be more neutral instead of like, you know, it's all for one. And ever since then, they're like, it's literally for everybody, no matter what age, no matter who you are, disability. All races, all colors, sexualities, genders, all of them. I'm like, that's what I'm fucking talking about. I, he probably thought I was like some freak because I was like bawling, like just walking through some random like dark vendor village that was like nobody was there. And I'm like, this is not me. This is And I'm like, this is just it evolves in so many ways. And like, and it's just part of who I am. And he accepted that. And we had a, and I, I think he really understood who I was because ever since then, he's let, he lets me go. And he knows he's like, you deserve this. You need to go. You need to 
you know, he supports me like upgrading myself, whatever it may be. He knows that it's part of who I am. I'm not there to necessarily party. I'm literally there because I have to be there. Like, it's just embedded into me. <laughs> I love that support. Um, and I think it's kind of a healthy in relationship too, because then you always have that one person that's going to be a little bit more responsible or like I was in a relationship where it's like my rave bay and my rave. I called him my drum and bass boyfriend. And we were like, you know, so freaking close. And we were always fucking raging. And I was like, but let me tell you, those arguments and those moments afterwards, hangovers, whatever, 15 years ago, were rough. The balance is so necessary now that I'm an adult, I guess. Um, but <laughs> you, you said something. You said you have to be there at EDC. Yeah. There's no excuse for me not to be there, like, especially because I live here now and I can't break my record of going. Have you ever heard of that guy that rides the teacups every day for like the last seven years? And it's like, I feel like I'm like, you know, I'm that guy riding the fucking teacups every day, but it's just once a year, which, which I don't go to the other ones, you know, so at least I give myself that break. It's part of the, I'm really big into pop culture and the music industry, and I need to analyze what's going on. I need to put my like grandpa glasses and zoom in and see like, you know, last year, like the bass pod got a huge upgrade. And that just tells me that drum and bass and dubstep is rising. And that just means like the money that goes along with that, the producers, the DJs, are finally getting a little bit more of an opportunity and they're having a better, bigger stage. Like if you were just like, it was fucking sick. I can't miss out on that. And, and you call it FOMO, call it uh, tradition, or just like, it's part of who I am. It's um, something I'm not going to miss out on. The, I, the, the magnetic pool would be impossible for me to miss something like that, even if I was on the other side of the country or in a different part of the world, I would probably make it a goal. Like if I, so what I do is I pick and choose my battles. I don't go out very much on the weekends anymore. Um, I save it for the festivals. I save my money. And if I had to save it all for one festival, it would probably be, it would hundred percent be EDC unless for some reason I needed to go to Burning Man for a spiritual experience. I love Burning Man, but I also love EDC more for other reasons. <laughs> what makes EDC, from your perspective, so different than other festivals and other events? Well, I mean, ultimately, it's they've earned their spot. I think it being, it being the number one, the largest electronic music festival that speaks to the culture and speaks to the raver at heart. I think their EDC is kind of the example to other festivals that aspire to be like it and so it, it's also something that is priceless and can't even really put it into words when you're there and you're feeling it and you see the impact that it's having on people's emotional um mental health positive and how that can help the world spread that bigger picture that bigger vibe that their bigger purpose which is we're all here in this world and it can be pretty mundane and, and especially nowadays it's, it's kind of crazy out there and so if we can have this place where we can have this utopia like feel where it's, the utopia doesn't exist but somewhat similar you know like aspiring um to me that if for what it impacts me it drives me to want to um, come back next year and be better. And maybe I actually put this in my survival guide um, to prep for 2024, prep for next year, set goals for yourself to be at a, at a place that's better than you were before, whether it may be, be um, maybe be, make more friends when you're there next time or between now and then work on being more, um, work on your fitness maybe, or work on your career goals because you want to be able to afford that upgraded feature that you have your eye on. But if we can just be a little better every year, 
and use this as inspiration. We know that it's it's always going to be there. My friend just broke his foot last week in Mexico and he can't go. I could break my foot tomorrow and might not be able to go. You know, that it can happen to all of us, right? It's there for us. It's always going to be there for us. And there's ways to make up for it, such as hard fest. I'm the last minute ticket bitch. I'm like, okay, I know I'm going, but like, yeah. let's just wait until the week before. I don't know why. It's so much more yeah. expensive. So um, Skrillex will be there. I saw Skrillex 2011, EDC, his first ever, and then all of his residencies in Vegas. I'm the biggest fan. I cried during the Coachella live stream. Like, I have to see him. Literally. Oh my God. I went to a Skrillex wedding in 2013. My friend got married. All the colors are black and red. We're, they're walking down the aisle to Skrillex. Like, it was just such... I cried because... Yeah, I know. It represented so many different chapters in my life. And to see those men on that stage... Yes. This was like a full circle moment of like, we've caught, they've went so far and their music has got me so far. I saw Fortet... Uh, on Wednesday in a, at the Palladium and he had the lights and the thing and like the immersive, like spiritual. I can't even explain. Yeah. The Skrillex, I'm so glad you brought him up because he is my number one. People find that hard to believe when I grew up. Growing up in LA, I, I was always into like hip hop and rap and but he's not, he's not mixed with that genre, but I'm that gay boy that like, that likes things that like you, wouldn't necessarily expect to be like die hard. And I think you and I have that because I go out of my way for him. And like, like, like he's literally part. Like I, I feel like though his music is his own genre. I, I told him that I met him at Burning Man. I have to share this story. I was, I parked my car, my bike and it was, the sun was coming up and there's these two heads. It was these big sculpt, wooden sculptures. They were facing each other and they were burning it. And they ha- the Dancernauts um, crew had this huge, had their art car and Skrillex and Diplo were doing a sunrise drum and bass set. At Burning Man, everything's open. There's no such thing as VIP and all that. So everybody, there's no artist, artist uh, access. Every, everything's just pretty much open. You can go on stages and stuff. You can go anywhere you want. Every, it's very respectful. And so I remember I just parked my bike and I looked up and there's, Sunny Skrillex. I'm like, Sunny, oh my God. I love you so much. I love your music so much. It's like, it's like its own genre. And like, like, let's can I take a photo with you? He took selfies and then we went on the art car together. And then he started spinning. And I had this all on video. I have to post it on TikTok. And I was just like, and then with a burning man, I was just like, the fucking goosebumps right now are crazy. I was just like, Oh my God, this is like crazy. And like, I had a water bottle full of vodka. I'm like, you want some? He's like, no. And I'm like, okay. I'm like, I fucking love Burning Man. This is crazy. So that was that time. And then um, he was playing at Chaos here in Vegas. And um, I went by myself and I was in the front. And I was like raging face. I was like, just having the best time. I, was, I think I was sober for sure. He got off and he never performed for a while. I feel like Diplo got in the fucking way if you want to talk about that. After Jackie had its peak with like Justin Bieber and all that, I got kind of this like fame thing, which Skrillex is not really about. He's more underground. Now, so we talked about Coachella, seeing them walk that fucking stage, it's like represents how this underground scene, this underground culture has grown from jungle to uh, German bass to dubstep to where it is now. You know, it's just like to see them at Coachella, it was monumental. It was historic. It was epic. You can't, it'll, it'll be unmatched because they did it. They can't top that. Luckily, he rebranded himself by organic. Didn't take a social media team. Didn't take a PR team. Didn't take a stunt. Didn't take anything but him just taking time to himself. He actually went to Asia a lot, Japan a lot, and got with the, the roots of the people. Went, kept going to Burning Man, never stopped going to Burning Man, true burner at heart. And then you heard, you saw him on um, say, this was my favorite at Coachella. And he's like, this was my favorite festival, you guys. I used to come here like when I was growing up. Like you could just hear the, uh, the, the genuine compassion, the, the 
he just deserves it. It's funny because I interview a lot of people and they all came into this at different times and they're all different age groups. And like 90% of them said that the first music they ever heard that they liked for electronic music was Skrillex. Back wow, in the- lucky. Yeah, like how, and, and even though they were teenagers and they couldn't go to these events until more recently, they yeah. still like remember it and ha- he had this impact on them. His new albums, mind blown. Yeah. Like he is still able to reinvent and create like a new Skrillex genre of sound. Yeah. But he did that by using unique artists and unique voices instead of like the weird beatbox computer sounds or, or dubstep. It's now like these new artists that are underground or Indian, whatever. And like mind blown. So yes, hard summer, fucking Skrillex. Yes. Like I fucking have to. Like I, every inch of my core needs to be there. Going back to like, you not going easy. Girl, it's okay. Because hard summer, honestly, is going to be just like EDC in a way, in a way. Because think about it like this. They haven't been at the Coliseum since. They got the green, they got the red light, they got the green light. Not only that, they have Bank of California, all the outskirts. So they're going to figure out how, what to do with the congestion because everybody's going to want to be in the Coliseum most of the time, a lot of the time. It's, it's a matter, and I don't know if they're going to open the seats, if it's just going to be the floor, because I think lately they've been doing only the floor. But if they open the fucking seats and this, like, all the whole stadium, and there's like a VIP, and then you can go on the outskirts, and then you have Skrillex, and then you have Saturday, you have Cascade, John Summit. I think they're lining up, they're freshening it up, like they're having more of that house music, EDM vibe. And I think that we're going to have those feels of EDC back in the day, 2010, OG days. We need to bring back rave names. Like, it's just so cute. Why not? I feel like... Out of all, now's the time. I also want to mention too that there's a wave of popularity for EDM, and I think it happens with generations. So remember when, um, like back in 2005, when it got really big, I feel as though our generation was starting to become a little older. We were just starting to become 18. And so that there's a big wave and it was popular. And then it kind of like, it, it, it not hit a plateau, but it's just hit this like mainstream ongoing upwards trend. But now it's gone even more upward because I think, and it's just my theory, that the Gen Z, my favorite generation of the whole world, I love my Gen Zs, they're so amazing, um, are now becoming young adults. A lot of them, they're now getting to go to these festivals that used to love Spillers, like you said, when they were 13 or whatever. And, now can fucking go see him. And I just feel like uh, TikTok, rape culture in general is an upward trend on TikTok, which is just speaks volumes to how EDM in general is connected to kind of like, you know, pop culture and, and everything that's going on in the world. And and I truly believe that the, the Gen Z culture is actually going to, they're going to go through a little bit of a moment because what happens is not everybody knows rave etiquette. So they arrive these things and they're going to go barge through crowds. They're going to lose their keys. They're going to have heartbreaking moments. They're going to maybe anything can happen. We all know that, right? And so I see a lot of the younger, lovely, amazing ravers on TikTok saying that um, Plur is out the window. I'm like, look, honey, plur is up and down. It's a roller coaster. Sometimes they get it and sometimes they don't. And the more that everybody's on the same page, everyone's going to get it and the party gets a lot better. There were EDCs and parties, festivals in general that you and I have gone to where people were pushing through every fucking second, right? It was crazy. It was like one year, it's like, what the fuck is happening? I remember they did, Insomniac did White Wonderland in Anaheim. I don't even know the year. I don't think I was 21. I had a fake and it was the 21 and up party New Year's Eve. And it was two stages indoor there. at like the, the Anaheim stages split in the middle. It was like going to prom. You were like, it, it was the weirdest vibes. And the people yeah. were so and fucking center, everyone's wearing white. Yes, I was there. And I, that sticks out to me of like, people were fucking me. And mean. I didn't, I was, I wasn't 21. So I was like, maybe it's like, oh. I, I don't know. I, it was just fucking no. weird. 
people like made fun of my fluffies. I had like white glittery fluffies and someone stepped on them and they made fun of me. Like it was so weird. But the point, the point that you were getting to is like, we've experienced that even then it doesn't mean it's gone. It, I believe if, if, if you feel it's gone, you should be giving it. We teaching, teaching, it, teaching and spreading it yeah. because if you're Lead acting, by example. if you're acting in the values of plur, peace, love, unity, and respect, and now we have responsibility, whatever different conversation, but yes, I love it. Bring it on. If we're acting in those, we're going to attract that or be an example to the people around us that like, this is how we treat one another in those places. So if you know about plur, you should be, and you have respect for the rape community and the electronic day of music culture and want it to continue, then let's act that way. You're going to have a better time. Everyone is like, it's just weird how you, it's almost like culture shock. You go from um, going to all these amazing parties and then all of a sudden you go to something like White Winterland. I was there and it's just like, what the hell is this? Or EDC. I've been at EDC where I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Sparging people are so fucking rude. You know, luckily I've got thick thighs and strong legs. So you can't push me over. I know when to make them strong and I protect my girl, smaller girls. I usually put smaller people in front of me. So it's harder for them to get pushed over. Still do it, you know, mindful. But I remember that turning point. I was like, oh, plurries out the window. Honestly, I remember being a candy kid going up to people, going um, in high school. And then it was right when I was becoming mainstream. And I remember it was in Pasadena, California. I remember they were on these stairs. I was walking on the street and there was these kids wearing candy. Because if they wore candy, that meant they were ravers beads no matter what and um i went up to them like oh my god you have candy on i'm huggy bear i'm this and that and they looked at me and i was like it was the first non-friendly raver i've ever met and i'm like okay times are changing times are changing they like the rave but they don't know the cult they don't know the the, the, the roots the culture like why we're here you know it's a lot of us underdogs that were either bullied in high school or just wanted to find peace or didn't have you know um happiness at home or, or, you know, you know, troubled things or, or, or just wanted to find happiness. You know, I started raving because of, um, I was gay and I actually, I was actually doing fine. I was super social as I, I didn't care if people said something about me. I actually went to school with like curly hair and like glitter, red glitter handy on even before the rave. But then I remember they, um, they had this dare program, keep kids off drugs. Amazing. Right. But like, um, what happened was they played, they're like, this is a rave. This is someone ODing. And that was, that looked scary. The ODing looked scary, but the rave looked fucking fun. I was like, what, what, what is that black light? What are these beasts? What are those pants? Those pants are like parachutes. And they're like, what is that Pikachu? What is that smiley face? Remember smiley faces were always a thing, like the yellow smiley face. And I was like, um, I need to be there. I need, I need to fucking be there. And San, San Bernardino had the Master Dome on E Street still going on back then. And um, I went to my first party at the Master Dome. I was 14 years old. My parents let me go with my stepbrother. And after that, um, I started to go more often when I was like 15 and then 16. And then as I went, I lived in San Gabriel where um, a lot of like... It, Oh, there's it's a big Asian community, 80-90%. So I'm honestly like all most of my friends are like within that Asian culture and like they're really big on raving. Everybody knows that. And so I was really lucky. And they would take me to like downtown underground 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 parties and all that. Um, so yeah, I mean that's how I've gotten here and with the whole etiquette and all that, like to circle back on that, like, you know, that it it you see. Back then, everyone just had the etiquette. Everyone understood. It's like, where am I at? Oh, I'm on a rave. This is how I'm going to be. You know, it kind of just all made sense. Nowadays, you kind of have to piece the pick, piece the puzzle together for other people to understand. And I think that's okay. Just like we're talking about, lead by example. Give them the benefit of the doubt, but they don't know better. Let's not create conflict. Maybe even sometimes tell people in the moment, hey. Don't do that, like, but in a nice way. Sometimes you have to be forward on the dance floor. I wanted to talk to you about influencer culture too, because I know that you are on all the socials. You love pop culture and you've seen this thing before we had phones to now, right? And the big topic is like influencers have ruined the scene. And, you know, uh, social media is a, an evil and a superpower. 
we have the capability to spread awareness and messages, but we also, if we have a platform, should be using it for good. It's like, there's so much more, man. Like, if that's what you, you could go get fucked up for free at home or the, go to the bar. Like, if that's like, we're spending a lot of money and it's not for that. I don't know. It's just, there's a lot of different like gimmicks with, with some influencers right now. And I just hope that. I've heard about this. You know, I, I heard about this. Um, I saw somebody say in a comment that influencers are ruining EDC. I could see how that would apply more towards something like Coachella, but I would still disagree. And the reason why is these environments, EDC, Coachella, doesn't matter what it is, even Coachella, they're very demanding and trying on the person. So doesn't matter how many followers you have, doesn't matter what views you have, how pretty you think you look, you won't make it through. It's a survival of the fittest. So people will see who actually lasts and who they actually want to take advice from. Now, these people that are representing the race team have the views and all that. Like, I, I just think that don't worry about it because we're talking about a party that has 125,000 people. And there's maybe at the most 100 of these people that are probably bad at, not bad eggs, but maybe not the most positive representation to keep the stigma from going into a negative direction that everyone's there to party, everyone's there to do drugs and all that. That's it's not true at all. So if someone has a big platform and is promoting that, that could be a negative impact on the community, but we can't control, you know, the social, the, the, um, the algorithm or trends and Anybody who's fresh into the scene can't be speaking from experience if they don't really know what they're talking about. And they may give wrong advice or they may say something and then these people go to the raves and they're like, it's not like that. Like, ew, I don't want to be like that. They have a choice. Anybody has a choice to have a digital footprint and to represent and to use their social media to try to become something or whatever and represent, um, you know, a, a state of mind or a, an opinion. But I think that it's important for uh, people like us or anybody to speak up, even if you don't have necessarily a platform, you can create the conversation. Like I literally have, I had like barely 1500 followers when I made that post about um, not copying people's dance moves. And that went mini viral and I'm nobody. And I'm still nobody. And the fact that a nobody like me who doesn't have a platform can help guide the community, I would, I would say to everyone who is disagreeing with what they see or feel as though influencers are ruining it is to be the example, start talking about what is important to you, use that as inspiration to, to make content that is the opposite of that. Do the opposite. That's what I've been doing is focusing on ways that I can help people. Right. I, I always mention this, that um, we're all influencers, right? Even if we have three followers and, and you yep. post something and they're like, oh, I really like that Hello Kitty pillow. I'm going to like buy it subconsciously or not. Like we're all influencers. We're yeah. all putting ourselves out there. I, I don't think that influencer culture and these these influencers are to blame, but if they are bringing in a crowd of people who see the rave from their perspective and what they're presenting, and then the people get there and it's not like that, are they going to still follow them to your point, right? Like, is it sustainable? And then if they ran into you or ran into me and we trade candy with them for the first time, you know, we still get to be those examples and those positive influences. When I got to the scene, we didn't have social media. We, someone taught me about candy. Someone taught me the handshake. I, I traded candy with the police one time at ADC. Like, yeah, you know, like we just spread it and it wasn't through TikToks or Vine or YouTube at that point. It was just from going and experiencing and learning from the people around us. So I think that we can like all work together on that and just be examples. That's all we're in control of our attitudes and our actions. So just education and etiquette and like from our experience and don't make the same mistakes we did. Or if you did learn from it um, and do better yeah. the next time. Yeah. I think at times we know how bright our light is when we're in these environments. And sometimes we shine so bright because we know 
that we are not littering. We know that we are spreading smiles. We know that we help somebody zip up their backpack. Like, hey, your backpack's about to spill your stuff. We help somebody that was seen distressed. There's so many different things that are going to add to that light being brighter, giving back. The feeling as though you're contributing to the party. You're not just observing. You're actually being a part of it. We pick up on that energy, right? So we know that when people are looking at us, they're getting uplifted by looking at us because our light is bright because we are, we're contributing towards the big picture. So when your etiquette is strong and you have a good intention, the party is, is better than ever. I think these people who are influenced in a bad way will have culture shock. They'll realize, oh, I might be the asshole or I'm not, I'm not landing any girls or guys or anybody. Nobody wants to talk to me. Like, what the hell? And it's like, that self-reflection is going to come in. And then it's like, maybe I'm following the wrong person. Maybe, you know, that, that girl over there that was like just standing in the back, giving hugs or smiling, looking really pretty and glitter and fun raver pants. She looks way more fun than that influencer who's wearing Gucci and happens to have an artist for span and doesn't even know what the fuck is going on. Right. Doesn't even know the name of the stage. Right. Only likes Fisher because everyone else does. <laughs> Those videos on TikTok of the guy who does like Fisher's dances. Oh, it's so send, amazing. Send me his I, like I the best content. I love it. Oh my god! I just but feel I, like you know that trend. You know everyone's following the trend. It's yeah. like no, like there's way more to it. You know. Yeah. So I think that um, what I've grown into is being comfortable in my own skin, and I feel like that is very um like transparent with things that I do and you know even from watching your TikToks I'm like oh my gosh like just the light and you're so positive and you're spreading like education and just helping people and and just being yourself and like being genuine and I feel like that's so much more authentic and attractive and magnetic than someone just like selling me a hydro pack or influencing me in some sort of way when it doesn't feel real or how could it be real? You've just started raving a year ago. Like, so I, I hope that that, um, that kind of like radiates and people do feel that if they are in touch with energy and aware of what's going on around them, because that's how I try to, to be. And I be myself and being comfortable has been such like a gift. Um, never thought I could be right. I'm, I'm still in my head all the time. And then I, I walk into a rave and I get five compliments on my hair. I'm like, Oh my God, thank you. And I just, oh, yeah, I just you feel, look amazing. Like, Thank you. I just feel like happy. And I think that that is um, contagious. And yeah. like, there's people like that. And then there's people who maybe are there for the wrong reasons. And that energy will radiate as well. So yeah, nothing's hotter than a good personality. Right. And once they start realizing that, like, if anything, let them go through it, you know, if they're in, in wrongly influenced or whatever. I think that in, in, all, in, in all honesty, too, we have to be okay with the fact that there's just going to be random people there that don't really know the culture and the scene. And, I, and that's just part of the mainstream. And that, and then what comes with that, the perk, even though it's kind of shitty, the perk is these parties are a lot more organized. They're a lot more safe. They have a lot more money to protect us, to give us a better time, to give us more show, to give us more entertainment. So the money is there, like, like the entertainment value, but I'd say like the culture is, is, is is you can't rely on that like to be always super positive like you, in fact just like when i'm walking through a dance floor and i'm expecting a water bottle on the dance floor and not to stomp my feet i'm going to expect bad apples here and there that's why you want to be aware of your surroundings protect your friends and the people around you be a good neighbor and walk away from weird situations don't engage being aware of that everybody is in a different journey in their life and a different form of happiness. And even though I feel I'm at my most happiness in my life, I'm also the most fragile with my anxiety and things like that. And I'm easily more triggered now. So Right. And another thing we talk about in my groups a lot is what's your mindset? We have that checklist, right? Like the the emergency exits, your warrior parking, all that. But what's your mindset? How are you feeling? What are your intentions walking into this festival? Do you want to spread love and light? Or are you going through something? You know, maybe consider that before you take a mind altering substance. And like, mm -hmm. if you're not feeling clear, are you going to to are you going to the festival to take? Are you going to to give? 
I tried to give back because this community has given me everything good in my life. My self-esteem, my freedom, my self-expression, like full body chills. But I, I give back because that's what I was welcome to. And I want this to continue. I don't ever want to stop. I, I'm such a big part of who I am. And like I said, everything good in my life, I want it to continue. So how can I help like with your guidebook and with just being giving tips on social media, whatever that looks like, let's keep that going. I think it's fantastic. We have new people and that the scene is growing because, and I want them here because yeah. this continues more money, more shows, new artists, whatever it is, this goes on. If we if yeah. we don't have new people, we, we die out. So yes, bring them in, show them love. Like, and let's just keep it going because these traditions and these roots are like what got us here and literally saved my life and countless others. Music really saved me. Things I'm also offering, which I never thought I would, but it's kind of come to light is if somebody like, this is perfect for like a first timer or anyone who's just like really nervous about EDC or the festivals that I'm familiar with, mainly EDC, I'm offering 15 minute one-on-one, I would say bestie, bestie, coaching or just support to help anyone who wants to fine tune their itinerary for their Vegas plans or has lingering questions that they're just nervous about or wants additional pro tips that I'm not able to help answer in their questions or in the comments. Um, So I'm really excited to offer that. I, I might get zero. I might get one. But if I can at least offer that additional support, I think it'd be really helpful, especially for um, even if somebody who's like going solo for the first time and is a little shy, you know, and like wants some tips on how to like break their shell a little bit, you know, I'm here to help support that. And my bio on TikTok, and if you want to follow me, you add me for TikTok, it's at underscore Andre Yes. So A N D R E Y A S underscore. And then on my TikTok, in my bio is where you can find everything. What has electronic music done in your life? How has it changed your life? Electronic music has brought excitement to my life in a world where I felt like I wasn't accepted. It's given me something that's an identity that is universally understood. You can go to any part of the world in a different country and they're going to get how you're feeling. We're going to all vibe listening to the same music. And so for me, I feel more connected to myself and humanity because of electronic music um it all started off i think my first song that i ever it was was like atb it's a fine day and my first rave was at in san diego at the del mar racetrack and it was a foam party and like glow sticks were everywhere there's nothing better than having that it's you it's always there and it's ever-changing and evolving. So for me, it, it, it completes me. It's, it's, I feel very lucky to be part of the electronic dance culture and community, especially for before when it wasn't titled EDM and it was electronic dance music and it was um, not socially acceptable. And I love the fact that I said, I don't care. I'll be a minority. I'm already gay. I'm already Venezuelan and half British. May as well love the rave culture. I don't care if you think about me. And then now look at us. We have a... We know so much. We can give back. We can help the community. And it's grown to be a multi-billion dollar industry. And that's all happened from, I think, for what it's done to the world. It wouldn't be what it is if it didn't cure. It didn't help so many people. Okay. My message to the world. It doesn't matter how old you are or what corner of the world you come from or where you're at in this world you can rely on the rave culture to be there for you at any time as long as you are willing to put in the work for yourself and be open-hearted and know that when you do you're going to receive everything that you deserve and you you deserve it. You 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 deserve that happiness. So everyone deserves that feeling of being free and feeling as though they're kind of like a rock star. And um, 
this culture can bring that feeling outside inside of you, no matter who you are. And I highly encourage everybody to at least go to Burning Man once in your life. And if you can't handle the dust or the heat, then get yourself acclimated with the culture, the people outside of it, um, including EDC. I would say is is more, it's not as you can't like it's harder to cross generations with EDC. It's it's generally known to be a younger based crowd, but I would say get that, throw that thought out of your head and not and and never feel as though you're not accepted. Because every literally everyone is accepted. You just have to be open-minded and also accept everyone around you too. It was really, really fun being able to connect with you. And honestly, our conversation involved so much that I truly think that people who are want to know about the real rape culture are going to benefit from listening to this or watching this because we're just speaking from heart. We're not reading off anything. We don't have to Google anything. Like it's just in our brain. We might not be able to always remember to talk about it all the time, but when we start <laughs> engaging, it all starts flowing. And that was really fun. So I'd love to do this again in the future at any capacity with you. It's amazing. Love it. I would love that. I'm so I'm so happy we connected. Like I just Me adore too. you. I love everything about you. And I am so happy like we get to move forward, like knowing each other. How cool. I can't wait to party with you. Thank you for listening to the Let's Vibe podcast. You can connect with Let's Vibe on all social platforms. To further support Let's Vibe, please share this podcast with friends or leave a review. For more information, join our Discord group or visit our website at letsvibemusic.com. Until next time, sending you love and vibes. Remember the smell of glow sticks when they're broken? Oh, that's such a good smell. So it's I'm almost like, like oh. rubber, chemical, plastic. Yeah. That was great. That with Vicks, like, and then wet asphalt, like, like it's there. And weed smoke. It's, weed. That's the, that is weed. the festival smell. Oh, if we make a, co- if, if we make a cologne line, that's what it's going to be. Glow stick juice, Vicks, oh. weed, and like must. Ooh, and then it'll be so good. Smell so yes. good. I love that. <laughs>